What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, B. watching this on youtube then you did not just hear the music go to the description to get the podcast and understand what we were just playing music to we got jams we got jams if you're listening to the podcast like usual you know exactly what it is it's the official theme song oh yeah if you don't know what that is go find it time for another pod middle call yes it is guy april uh 29th wednesday mid quarantine let's rock and roll baby uh, this is going to be a rapid-fire pod, which uh, we found is working well for the YouTube channel and for the uh, podcast. Uh, before we dive into it, a couple uh, we've been shot for, for a couple weeks. We've been uh, trying to just we live in the Bay Area for those of you that are new to us, and so supporting a couple uh, local companies that have been friends for a while. Um, Eating right. Do you have a you got a Kinder's uh, Kinder's uh, barbecue sandwich on the on the list for this week? It's not a terrible idea. Maybe after we get done recording this podcast, my you know Grandpa Kinder started that bad boy in 1946. Mm. George Mikan's uh, rookie year. Yes, San Pablo. Now they got ten stores all over the place. You obviously can find you know their their sauces, their rubs in stores like Safeway, Costco. You look around, but. You know, support the the actual stores that are serving food. I have multiple, actually, by me in, in Walnut Creek. Uh, I, I get, you know, if I'm being healthy, barbecue chicken sandwich. If I'm being bold, I go, that's, the listener tipped me off to this, the ribeye uh, the ribeye sandwich with a little jog sauce. You know, get a, you know some Doritos or, or some uh, potato salad. It's, it's a bomb. Sounds really good. All right, I'm, I'm hungry right now. Also, uh, you don't have to be in the Bay Area to get in on the uh, Evergood Sausage. I mean, wherever you get your Smart and Final, Safeway, uh, Costco, Costco, yeah, Costco, wherever you are, go find it. Do Albertsons still exist? I don't think so. Do Lucky? Yeah. Does Lucky still exist? Eh, I don't know. I don't know. So uh, yeah, where, wherever you shop, find our, our friends at Evergood. It's usually in the uh, the section. I know the Safeway I go to that says local. I always like seeing that. It's like, oh. I already, uh, luckily, I already knew they were, and I get my pineapple sausage and I throw them in the cart, and I just, with my mask on, I keep on moving. 
Very good. All right. Ever good. Mask. Mask would be. Good. Mask would be strong. It's a. It's a uh, handkerchief. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast, it's available on YouTube. If you are watching this podcast, you can get it on your phone or whoever you get podcasts normally. So go do the other thing. We We're everywhere. The support. Yeah. Ton of. By the way, can we just say this? The YouTube channel is uh, going very well. If you haven't gone and subs- if you haven't subscribed to it, please do it. A lot of videos up there. In addition to the podcast, a lot of content. Yeah, as we like this, to say, this, guy, this is we have not treated this like a vacation. It's been an interruption, and uh, we've just kept on kept on grinding. Has it? I mean, well, not I, I guess an interruption for an society. Not, not not necessarily me and you. Yeah, I just mean like the world's changed, uh, and we've. I guess we've kind of we usually do three podcasts. We kind of been doing two. Uh, I, I think you know we'll get into you know some sports are coming back like it's th- th- we're coming back, and uh, you know society's you know we got golf is <laughs> open now, uh, so you know get out sun's sun shining. It was hot yesterday where I, it was ninety degrees mm. in uh I don't know what was it in the city. Don't uh, got to see. Yes, yeah, gotta gotta ask Siri. <laughs> you could you could go golf with Peyton. Uh, you could golf with uh, no golf with Tom. Although those two guys are going to golf together. When is that happening? I think it's uh middle of May. Uh, is it? It's Peyton and Tiger and Tom and Phil, or vice versa. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they're split up. I'm not sure. The other one that's really good is the Rory one. Is going to be Rory, sweet. Ricky. Who else? Michael Ooh. Jordan. No, it's four golf. It's like Rory, Ricky, Matthew Wolf, and who's the fourth guy? Rory, someone Ricky, hit me up and asked me. It was kind of an interesting. Oh, Dustin question. Johnson. It's Rory and Dustin against Ricky and Matt Wolf. Uh, yeah, I like Rory and Dustin Johnson to kick the shit out of them. Fuck, that's uh, it's like yeah, I got Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, and uh, you got uh, C.J. Beathard, and uh, you know we'll give you Daniel Jones. Like, uh, you know, hey Ricky, I, I know you make a lot of money from endorsements. He's got one career win, guy. Or excuse me, four career wins. I think no majors. He these just things usually, win. but see, these things usually end up pretty close. I, I bet well, they good. do because well, Ricky, remember, was it like a month ago when quarantine was just starting and him and Justin Thomas were just playing for fun? Justin's like, yeah, he just beat me by five. I shot sixty-five. Yeah. I think Ricky pickup golf, you know, would be like in his prime, like Steve Francis, probably like the greatest pickup player ever, or, or Stefan Marbury. You know, he's born for just pickup golf. Honestly, he should just hit the circuit. Where you just bet rich people on the side and kick the shit out of them. Did you see that thing that went viral with Peyton was on Dan Patrick? And they were kind of talking about, you know, when he plays with Tiger and if they're friends. He's like, yeah, we play together. And he's like, you know, Tiger's kind of, he's a stickler. He's like, uh, what's your handicap? And Peyton would be like, you know, I'm like a, I'm like an eight. And Tiger's like, okay, I'll give you four shots to side. And Peyton's like, well, that would mean you're a zero and you're not a zero. You're like a plus six or seven. So if anything, you should give me like 15 shots. Tiger's like, no, and they just argue. And Peyton's like, I'm not playing you for seven shots. You're, you're not a zero. Uh, but I, I do think... It seems pretty unfair. Like, Tiger regularly beats other pros by more than eight shots. He, well, he's not. A, he's a plus, probably that six. Means, or, that means Peyton He won finish. the Masters last year. Yeah, that means Peyton <laughs> would have finished in the, in the top ten at the Masters. Yeah, it's just, it's just not true. The one thing... I think people. I, I think I read that it's not going to be pay per view. It's going to be free. The Tiger, uh, maybe on TNT. Oh, I, yeah. I assumed it was free. 
see, I assumed at first it was pay-per-view, but I, I think people are going to realize how bad those two are at golf, just relative to, like, they're going to look really bad. Like, they're going to flub chips. They're going to snap balls into trees. They're, they're just normal kind of golfers. Now, maybe they're a little better than normal if they're single-digit handicaps, but next to Phil and Tiger, it's going to look... Are they, are, they, but are they alternating shots? I would just assume they did, like, some sort of best ball between yeah. the two of them. Because that, cause I think the best ball or yeah I mean to me part of the beauty would be seeing Brady go in the trees and Phil have to save him or Peyton in the sand and Tiger's got to save him right that that would be to me you could probably do a 36 hole deal you could do one 18 or maybe flip switch the nines or hell three different six hole strategies like yeah. six hole best balls six hole match play six Some hole alternate shot yeah because I I would love to see Ty, you know Tiger sticks it to three feet and then Bra- and then Brady blows the putt by, right like, and, and all then of a Tiger sudden, giving him a weird look and Tom's like my bad yeah <laughs> yeah like all of a sudden Peyton and Brady are getting treated like the way they've always treated other teammates where they got to carry them now they're the ones getting carried that'd be a fun that is a fun dynamic well Ravel tweeted a couple days ago that Peyton and Brady's to all in challenge. And these all-in challenge or something famous people are doing to generate a bunch of money for Corona. Tom's went for like eight hundred thousand dollars. You get his cleats, you get his jersey, his first ever Tampa game. He's gonna, fl- assuming we have fans, fly you there. You either go to dinner or get a TB12 workout with him. Peyton's a little less, three hundred k. But to me, his like Mahomes, well, his is bas- his is five twenty five. It was three hundred k less. Yeah. Okay, so Mahomes did basically like the same th- type thing Brady did. And I think got a bunch of money. Fly you to a game on their terms, kind of. You get to do like VIP stuff, but it's never. You're not taking them home to like make tacos right. with them. The the Peyton's, time commitment is from the PR agent who has to. Yeah, to me, Peyton's got a little bold guy. He is flying to you, and he's gonna play golf at your home track <laughs> with your friends, and then go to dinner. Which again, I think in theory, kind of makes you know you're trying to you're just in this mode trying to help out. You can generate a bunch of money. There is a chance we, we've all played golf at public tracks with random people where you're like, yeah, I would, I just would rather be at home than playing with this guy. It could end very, very badly for him. Well, if I, if you're Peyton, you probably go, oh, the high bid was 525, but the bid that was 515 is a guy who plays at Olympic. I'll, I'll pay the other 10. I'll go to California and play at Olympic. But to me, it's not, I, I would argue the course. <laughs> If you are someone like Peyton Manning and you get paired, whether the guy's at Augusta or whether he's at Hank Swanks, and you're with a guy that is just wearing you out, because there is a chance if you're willing to pay that type money, you might be a big Colts fan, might be a big Bronco. You're just going to wear his ass out. And he just, now he can put on his political hat, right? And just be that actor. I I think it's a testament to him. I bet he's done this more than we realize. Maybe you're right. Meet and greets and. Golf with so, people that we four hours sounds like hell. There was a response to my tweet, just kind of making fun, like Peyton could be miserable by hole three. Mm. Just someone asked, like, who would you rather go to dinner with, Peyton or Tom? Yeah. My response was relatively quick and easy. You said Peyton. Yeah, I yeah. mean, guy, if, if Howard Stern can't get Tom to be that interesting, yeah. then I'm not. I'm not getting anything. At least I, I think Peyton could be a little more guy's guy to someone random than Tom. Well, if you watch like any of the, if you watch any of the Peyton's places, I know we've talked about him. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I just think I would have more fun with Peyton. Yeah, 
I'm not uh, saying Tom clearly has can have the fun. I just don't know at this point in time in his life with his fame, has it like jumped the shark? Peyton's more willing to give it. Right. Do you think up. Tom would be fun to just go to dinner with? I mean, if like if I'm sure he's fun for Jules to go to dinner with. Yeah. I just think Peyton would be more fun for more people, probably. For yeah, for someone random. More, I think it would be harder fun. for Tom. Like he ain't giving you sweet Belichick stories on the side, right? About how much he hates the motherfucker. Right. I'll promise you that. Yeah. Where where Peyton might just like light into somebody, because he's. I just think he probably doesn't. He's now removed. So my my answer is pretty easy, Peyton. Yeah, I think so. Uh, all right, we said we would call it. We call this a rapid fire podcast. We'll see if it's uh, rapid fire. We thought we'd dive into some things here. Um, the I, it was interesting. Joe Staley met with the media over Zoom. The, the Niners local media, I think, on Tuesday. We've talked a lot, John, about George Kittle, and I think one way to look at him is he just became a lot more valuable to the 49ers because everything that's been written, and, I mean, you don't need to be a hardcore Niner analyst to understand this, that Staley leaves a leadership void, and the guys that are picking it up, to some degree, they already were. I mean, Sherman already was a leader. Kittle already was a leader. But I just... I mean, George Kittle has become even more valuable to the 49ers, and that word is relevant just because he's not paid like one of the most valuable players in the NFL, and tight ends just don't get paid like the most valuable players in the NFL. But the fact is, he's one of the most valuable players on one of the best teams in the league. Now, whether or not that translates to money, I don't know. But it's it's hard well, to deny. I, don't, don't, I think he became this last year, but I would say right now he's the face of the franchise. Like, if you're going to put a poster up, it's going to be 85 and George Kittle. If they want to do something promotional in terms of the make you smile, if 49ers want to tweet something out or they need, they would go to George. If 49, I mean, I, I didn't know. I, I, that, this is, that's, let me rephrase. We've talked to him before. If you've watched him, like, I, I learned something last year that his dad, every game, writes him a handwritten note, mm -hmm. and he reads it before every game. It's just like there is an emotional side to George, and clearly he plays like that, but that thing that he tweeted out, or the Niners tweeted out to George Kittle, or I mean on Joe Staley, like his thoughts on Joe Staley where he's, he just can't talk because he's crying. Like he kind of is, he's relatable to everybody, right? Someone mature, someone who's a football nerd that likes elite players, little kids that can relate that he's fun, loving, He's got this wrestling teammates. crossover. Teammates fucking love him. He's just a bad, like, the entire league is like, yeah, that guy's a badass. Right? He's just, he's kind of their universal guy, which for a long period of time was Joe Staley. J Jim Harbaugh, I think, called him the best offensive lineman he's ever coached. Uh, just everyone in, a, you know, in this Northern California liked him. The entire league respected him. It's just rare. Like, Jimmy... I think Jimmy's like a high-level guy, can be a leader, but he is somewhat of a polarizing. Is he overpaid? How good is he? We can argue that. Like, there is no argument with Kittle, right? He's dominant. He's elite. If anything, he's just he's underpaid, but he's the total package. Doesn't get in any trouble, uh, and he's just answered the bell every time they need him, which to me was a Staley characteristic, right? Part of becoming a face of a franchise is about more than just, like, Kittle's a winner, clearly. He was the best player on a Super Bowl team. But it's like, are you just there no matter what? Even, like, times are shitty. Like, I watched George when the team sucked. He was great, right? Just his just his energy. Like, let's say what you want about, I'll use an example. Like, Eli Manning, 
we can nitpick if he's a Hall of Famer or whatever, but he was a face of the New York Giants for 15-plus years. In the worst of times, the best of times, like he just answered the bell every day. And I think Kittle is that type player, just like Joe was. I'd say Joe was pretty consistently for the last decade. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what the face of the franchise isn't always your best player, right? When it is, it's pretty. It's the whole package, like Steph Curry for the Warriors. Um, you know, Staley wasn't always the Niners' best player. He was always one of their best players. Yeah, but he wasn't always their best player like if you said every gm gets to take a player off the team he wouldn't always have gone first, yeah, yeah. Right? And, he, and he wasn't he's not like some he's not like orlando pace or anthony munoz or something but he was damn good but kittle is yeah, like kittle's kittle the total package in that way yeah um like did gronk ever become he was a face of the patriots yeah, but it's I, hard with tom it's hard right? i mean but i think he was on another he was Always one of the best players in the NFL, right? Yeah. Most dynamic players in the NFL. NFL's, he was one of the NFL's biggest stars, which is what made him unique. But that's where Kittle is similar. I mean, I think Kittle, maybe I'm crazy, we just live out here. I think Kittle's a bigger star than Travis Kelsey is. I would. Agree. I, I think he, he's passed him over the last 12 months. That doesn't mean better player. I mean, we could debate that, but I think he's he's a – more recognizable member of the NFL. Well, I think he's become one of the league's poster boys, non-quarterback. I mean, the quarterbacks are always going to, you know, Kyler Murray's more famous than fucking Kittle or whatever. I'm not comparing him to quarterbacks, but non-quarterbacks now, like you throw up OBJ. To me, like you throw up some of these, like Kittle's one of the immediate guys you throw up. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's making two million bucks this year. 2.2. Um, or his cap hits 2.2. He's actually under 2.2. He's making uh, three times less than Marcus Mariota is. You know, it's uh, actually like that sucks, and he's clearly outperformed it. But if you're just like a starter, like let's just say you're a guard or like a linebacker, and you're just a starter that was a fifth round pick, I think some, and even I think this sometimes, like, oh yeah, guy makes 700 grand. You actually, if you can last till like year four, you actually start making some solid money, right? Yeah, but you got to last till year four because you- yeah, it's hard, a lot of turnover. But if you do, but I'm just saying, if if you're just like, yeah, who's your uh, who's your third corner? Oh, it's just this fourth round ra- or fifth rounder from four years ago. He's been a rotational guy. The guy's not, you know, he's in the top. Tax well, it's bracket. surprising that year four even pays that much, right? I because year year three paid six forty five. Uh, so he'll be a free agent. Kelsey will be – Kelsey's got another year before his free agency. So Kelsey's, no wonder these late-round picks just desperately want to make it to the I year know. four. <laughs> Kelsey's on. making nine this year and eight, seven next year. Are we headed towards a Travis Kelsey holdout in 2021? Nah, he's making a lot of cash. I mean, relative to tight ends, I just – I mean, what is George Kittle's contract going to be? Yeah, I think it's going to be really complicated. And this is where they're in a tough spot. Like, what if he did, you know, once training camp starts, holds out? Because to me, that would be the way to get paid. But they kind of need him around. It's it's a complicated situation. And I, 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 on this side, I lean on the player. Like, he deserves to be overpaid in the sense of the highest tight end contract ever is Austin Hooper. Like, George Kittle has nothing in common with Austin Hooper. Beside, I'm sure, the contract offers. Yeah, Hooper's making 11-5 this year. That's number one. Hunter Henry, 10-6, number two. Gronk, 10. That's number three. 
Kelsey, I, I, nine, I, two. Jimmy Graham, nine. Tyler Higby, eight. Jesus. Darren Waller, seven, five. My God. Yeah. He's going to need... Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be one of the bigger topics around here for the next twelve months because there to me there's a chance he just plays it out on this contract which you'd argue at this point wouldn't it be a little risky and this is where the Niners might have him by the balls hey we'll give you thirty million guaranteed and thirteen a year how does he turn that down become the highest paid tight end in the league but to me there's a difference between the highest paid tight end in the league at twenty five million guaranteed it's like bro I, I I'm not in these guys realm to like do you offer thirty five million dollars guaranteed it's it's something we've talked about for a while. Yeah, clearly the Niners have shown they don't really just even when they love guys, they don't set crazy precedent for contracts. And it's not like they they can't really. It doesn't make a lot of. They're not in a position financially. It doesn't make sense for them to be irresponsible to go beyond. Maybe irresponsible is not the word, but to go beyond out of the goodness of their heart. That's not how NFL contracts generally work, especially no. if you're a team that's good and you're just gonna have it. You have and you're gonna have expensive players. Agreed. So, but they got uh, they got the guy who <laughs> Rod Rivera said the Washington got offered a first rounder last year. Who told him that? Dan Snyder. I bet. Uh, yeah, for sure. Well, th- the reality is, I, I think that Dan that Ron Rivera doesn't want to shit on Trent Williams because he kind of said, well. He takes a year off, and the value diminished a lot. Well, we know that the Minnesota Vikings, I think it's fair to say, were offering their 2021 second-round pick and a raise. And Trent Williams says, no, I'm not going there. So a little like an NBA player, he controlled the outcome of this. Because I I think Ron doesn't want to look like we didn't just give a guy away, but he doesn't want to shit on the guy because he's a player. For, you know, he's a... It's weird. Like, he's an intense coach, but he has a pro-player environment. Yeah, like, yeah. Cam th- thrived under there. I think it's a tough spot for him to kind of... I would imagine a lot of people in the D.C. area are shitting on the deal. Like, you gave this guy away for a third and a fifth. Really, a fifth this year and a third next year. And a third next year is worth way less a year from now than it is right now. And the Niners didn't have a third to give. But... If Trent Williams is telling people, no, I'm not going there. Nope, not going there. What, you're not going to get anything from that team. It's not worth their headache. I also so think I, it's pretty easy for Ron. Like, I mean, this had nothing to do with him, right? This is not, he didn't even coach the guy. He didn't really even lose the guy. I mean, he, well, knew he when did. He took remember the job. when he got the job, he tried to, like, I know, but you they know. had to know. Yeah, he did. They had to know it was going to be difficult. But the, it just, to me, it more speaks to, that, like they're in a rebuild anyway, so they're. It just speaks to what the value the 49ers got a third and a fifth. It's highway robbery guy. It's it's. I hate to say lucky, because is it lucky that Belichick called Kyle? No, because Kyle's good and Bell likes him. Is it lucky that Kyle was there when they drafted him? No, it just happened to be that was the guy that was in a bad spot with that franchise and he likes Kyle, and they need a left tackle. It just. They've had some moves that just kind of worked out perfectly for them. Well, much as we've learned with YouTube, John, you make a video that gets views, that helps the next video get views. You make your luck by being good. It's like, why are bad teams unlucky? Well, players don't want to go there. No one forces trades to those teams. That's why they're unlucky. That's part of the reason why they're unlucky. Sometimes they're bad, too. But, I mean, they're lucky that Trent Williams wanted to play for them. Yeah, but why did he want to play for them? 
it wasn't it'd be one thing if he wanted to play for them because his mom happens to live down the street from Levi Stadium or because he just really wants to be in a warm weather climate and no warm weather teams or he really wants to play on natural grass and he can't find natural grass are they lucky that they hired Kyle Shanahan well I mean you could argue they're lucky that they didn't hire Josh McDaniels I don't know or that they didn't hire Brian Gutekinds and then he got to hire Matt LaFleur yeah you could argue that but they have Kyle Shanahan we'll get Kyle Shanahan drafted Trent Williams Kyle Shanahan's team is really good so yeah they're lucky I guess in that way but I don't think Gudikins and Kyle would have worked. Like I, I think Kyle yeah. realized, and, and he has said this before. People that are listening might forget this. Not an arranged marriage, but Jed was desperate to create a marriage of two guys that didn't know each other, and he was like forcing guys and like Lewis Zoom Riddick. calls. Yeah, it was just it was weird. And Josh McDaniels turned down the 49ers. Like, that was their number one target. That was the guy, like, on a draft board. We were going to take that guy, and then he just was off the board. The night, that was their target. And once he turned them down, they because ultimately Josh was, there wasn't going to be a forced marriage on Josh. Josh was going to bring whoever he wanted as a GM. Right. Kyle, while he was the hottest offensive coordinator in the league at the time, by a mile, right? Matt Ryan just won the MVP. The fucking Falcons were... Just lighting everyone up. Didn't they go? Did they go fifteen and one that year? They had the lead in the Super Bowl. Like they were incredible. Did they I think go they did go fifteen and one. Fifteen and one, fourteen and two. But I think fifteen and one because it was back to back years. The Panthers and the Falcons went fifteen well, and one. Yeah. And they were trying to force either George Patton, the not no, the general, they but <laughs> they go fifteen and one or fourteen and two. The they, which year? The year they went to the Super Bowl. They went eleven and five. With Matt Ryan won the MVP? Yeah, they went 11 and 5. Seriously? Yeah. In 2017? The 2017 Super Bowl, the 2016 season. Yeah. What were, what were their records? They went 13 and 3 in 2012. Maybe that's the year you're thinking of. Didn't With, they go uh, did, did they go 7 Mike and Smith 9 before they went 11 Tevas. and 5? Tevas. Huh? They went 8 and 8, they, 11 and 5, 10 and 6. They they have no uh, fourteen or fifteen win seasons in the mid two thousands. Ninety eight. Dan Reeves, <laughs> Dirty Bird. That oh, yeah. that's the year you're thinking of, John. The year they went to the Super Bowl, they went fourteen. <laughs> yeah, dirty, two. dirty Bird, Dirty Bird. Am I crazy? Did did you think they won more games? I or am I I would have th- I would have th- said like thirteen and three, fourteen and two. That's pretty nuts. It is kind of uh, nuts, right? But yeah, now, now we're here, and Kyle Shanahan is not Gudikins or. But Patton. but you but you know what? To your point, it is the fact that Kyle was like clearly a head coaching candidate, but didn't have like a GM on deck right to come work with him. He just called John Lynch like, "Hey man, I know we don't really know each other." Is that how right? Or did the Niners well, but, suggest uh, John? But Lynch? I I I. I, I yeah, Kyle. Remember, Kyle had hit it off. And well, then, they had the the production meeting when Lynch. Was yeah, Fox, well, but. Kyle talked to John, shot some ideas off him. Then John called him back like a day later because Kyle was like, I think asking him some questions if he's met impressive people. And John was like, "What if I was your guy?" Remember? Yeah, and it was yeah, just, yeah. it was all just. I, I mean, you can't make this shit up. And the Niners had a three year run where Tom Sula they lucky. hired Chip Kelly. That's, that's yeah, kind of lucky. That, that was lucky. But you could argue that was a little lucky for Kyle, too. Yeah. But there was just an element. I, I don't blame like guys under 40 
you know, that are just coordinators, position coaches, you know, that are going to have quote unquote a GM, right? You just, that is a little political. Like what do you mean you, you inside a building, them. you don't like, even if you're, if your dream is to be a head coach, like you might, you just might not have, if you've been to a couple teams, what if you just never met like the next John Schneider? Like, I don't know if I, yeah, no, I don't blame him either. I'm just seeing it. I'm just saying that it's so, it's just kind of crazy. He was such a hot name and yet there really wasn't an obvious guy he wanted to work with. Well, sometimes we have a history of, it's not as organic as you think. Yeah. Like Pete Carroll got the job. He had never worked with John Schneider. And, and they've just become kind of the marriage that everyone looks for. And Andy, when he got the job in Kansas City, he, who'd he hire? A guy that he had worked with a long time ago in Dorsey, but then it blew up. And now he has his organic relationship in Veach, who was kind of like worked all the way up. But I would say most guys, now with Belichick and Andy, they're older coaches. So they've had a Casario, a, Pol- a Pioli, a Veach. But if you're even Kyle, by the time Kyle's 50, maybe like Adam Peters, but how many guys would he have working for him the whole time that started at like 25 years old? Because that guy might get another job. It's just, there's just a lot of randomness to it. You know, with the movement in the league, once you start winning, people immediately pluck your guys. <laughs> by the way, did you see the video I tweeted on uh, Tuesday of Kyle Brandt on NFL Network? They were doing a discussion about whether or not um, there are similarities between Patrick Mahomes. Maybe it was Monday. Between Patrick- was that when he used the word womanizer? Yeah, but w- that wasn't the funny here. That wasn't the funny part. The funny part is what he says about Brett Veach. He's talk because he's talking about um, Michael Jordan, right, and Pat Mahomes. Yeah, but he's also he's he's talking about Jordan and Mahomes and uh, Jerry Krause. He is not going to ride Brett Veach and make short jokes about him anytime the GM comes around the team. That's Mike. That's not Pat. Did you hear that? Yeah. My counter to Brant would be, who is really funny. I, I, I really enjoy his work. He just always makes me laugh with a little clip. Michael was not, I think, a total asshole to like his superiors in the 80s. I think as you get just unlimited power, Michael knows I'm the most powerful motherfucker in this building. Hell, I'm more powerful than the owner because he ain't firing me. So, like, you just never... Like, people thought Favre was salt of the earth. By the end, he was kind of shitting on everyone on his way out. You just... You you never know. Now, I'd say Mahomes would be in the category feels like the nice guy in the league, you know? But, you know... $400 $400 million later, three or four Super Bowls. Andy Reid Andy Andy retires, and now he's playing for some guy that he thinks he's better than. Yeah, like, this is very... Like, I, know, I, I know more than Kafka. <laughs> this is very... Uh, now, the one thing would Rogers, be... Actually, now. Wouldn't you say this? Hmm. Here was my point on the Rodgers thing. Forever, Patrick Mahomes, Veach, and Andy get credit for that. When Andy won in Philly... He drafted Donovan. Forever Belichick, whatever you want to say, was it Brady or Belichick? Brady or Bill drafted Brady, then named him the starter, and then built the team around him. So, yeah, Brady became the superstar, but that was still, that's a check fucking mark for, for Bill, right? That's his guy. Where McGinn, Bob McGinn in Athletic was writing about the Rodgers, and you see Favre today, I guess, was on like Sirius, was like, yeah, I talked to Aaron, and. You know, I, 
you know, I'm not going to go too far into it, but just, yeah, he was surprised. There is an element of, let's say they would have won the Super Bowl last year, beat the Niners and then beat the Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers wins his second Super Bowl. Now he's in that Elway, Peyton Manning, MVP, multiple Super Bowls. Like, it's not just he's a Hall of Famer. It's now, or let's say he does it this year. You know, whatever. He ends his career with the Packers with another Super Bowl. He would just, it'd be hard to keep him out of that top five ever. Like, he he's better than Brett. But Gudikins and LaFleur, like, you're not really getting credit for that guy. Because part of the reason, even back to Manning, where I think Elway got a lot of cachet, right, was like, well, Elway landed Manning. And that was a big deal. It was like, you know, he kind of did his Pat Riley. It wasn't his, everyone knew Peyton was Peyton fucking Manning. But still, like, Elway kind of gave him the sales call. It's where the Warriors get some credit on Kevin Durant. was like, yeah, Bob Myers, Lakeup, Jerry West. Like, they closed that deal. Like, these guys were just hired into, Rodgers was just there, right? I mean, so as a bit, like, if you just look at it from a business perspective, how you, and I'm not saying, like, they're trying to create some legacy, but as a GM or as a coach, you want to win with your guys, or as a GM, you want your players that you pick to be sweet. That's the whole point of the fucking sport. Yeah, I mean... And I just wonder if they look at it like, we're never... And, and if you think the guy's diminishing, you go, whether it's good or bad, we're not going to get credit for this guy. Yeah, also, if he's actively working against whatever... You know, he doesn't want to do what you want to do in terms of offense, and he's actively working against you, he's getting in your way, it's hard to say, look, man, you're not the MVP of the league right now. If you were, then we'd tailor everything around you but you're not. We got to tailor it around what we want to do when you got to buy in a little bit here. I think no matter what happened between Brady and Belichick, one thing that I, to his core, Brady always will know is that Bill, like you said, Bill picked him. Bill gave him the job. Bill helped develop him. Bill helped make him great to whatever degree he helped. You know, that's for Tom to say, but like that is what Aaron does not have with this group of guys. Well, to me, like you said, not just the pick, and we're so far removed from it, but Tom Brady, when he just has to think and just take a deep breath, and again, we're 20 years removed from this, it was not, it was pretty crazy when Belichick not just named him the starter, but remember, remember he got hurt, Bledsoe came in, and then he started the Super Bowl, like, this guy believed in you, Tom, when you were a six-round pick. And your stardom, like this guy started the flower that eventually germinated to this huge tree. But Rodgers, and I don't blame him, how will he ever look at Matt LaFleur like his equal? Or like, am I really listening to this? Right. Because his, because LaFleur's scheme, and we've heard, remember Matt Ryan talked about it, it gets uncomfortable for someone that when you're not used to what they're asking you to do to do it, right? You turn your back on the defense, the play action stuff. Just more running the ball in general? Yeah, just taking the ball out of your hand. And you said this all the time, and I just added his last two seasons because I, I think we think, like, yeah, Rodgers, he's slipping. And then you just write down, yeah, he's 51 touchdowns, six picks the last two years. Right. But the stats do not, again, still a really good player. I would say still a top five quarterback in the league. But at, at one point in time, for a, what, seven, eight-year stretch, he was like the LeBron James where it was like, listen, they might not win the Super Bowl. They may get bounced in the second round, but he's the most talented quarterback playing right now. And I'd say most people agreed with everybody with that, right? Yes. But I, I also think now this is the second coach in a row that Aaron has a problem with, right? McGinn wrote 
Aaron's difficult to coach. He wrote that LaFleur's had enough of his act. And he wrote that he's going to be even more difficult to coach this year. Like, this, if they're not going to give any, and clearly they're not, because they don't think he's, they think they're going to outlast him there. And I say they, I mean LaFleur and Gudikins. And he's not going to give any because he's become one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time without these guys doing it his way. This going to get, this is going to make it worse. It's going to get weird because there's nowhere for him to go right now based on his salary. And you're not about to move on from Aaron Rodgers just immediately. Like if, if I told you right now, Bill Belichick put a draft pick on the table for the Packers, said I'll take his $50 million this year. Like I'll give you my next year's one for him? Yeah, like what number would it have to be? Would, would they do it for a one? Would they do it for the, 30, for the 30th pick in the 2021 draft right now? Would they do would it say, for a second I would round? Say they, I would say they would not do it right now. They, depending on how this season goes and how he acts, you'd have to think about it next year, right? They couldn't do it right now, right? Unless they, they believe Jordan it. Love. like It's career suicide if you trade Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love isn't your starter if for the jo- next If decade. Jordan Love turns into like a more athletic Hackenberg, those guys will never work in the league, right? But it feels like they're hoping it happens. Like, you know, would, I always... Would, be- love, would Belichick always... want him? Well, but I'm just... I mean, yeah, I, you want to go play for Bill? <laughs> He wants to go somewhere. But Bill Wood, you would think, go, Aaron, here's what I think you do well. We're, we're doing what you do well. But, you know, I always love to quote Cedric the Entertainer's famous line. I wish a motherfucker would be in my seat, right? Like, LaFleur just, it's, in some way, it's like he, the Packers want Aaron. It's like they're daring Aaron. And Aaron's daring them. And it's just, how is this going to last? How is this? Gonna last two more years because it's con- like we talk about his contract. Are are they gonna end up trading Aaron Rodgers for in twenty twenty one because his salary's so huge for like a third round pick? Uh, depends they how the season can't, looks. If he just, still looks good, I think someone would give a first just for a short term. Like wouldn't the Steelers give a one for a short term just to try to win? Someone forwarded me an article on Instagram, like in my DMs. And it was an article from 2019. The Packers had missed the playoffs back-to-back years. They had gone 8-8. Eight and eight, And then last year, or going into the LaFleur year, right? That was the year McCarthy got fired and they were under 500. They made a profit. And I think sometimes we forget this because all these teams have owners. They made a profit of $750,000 in the 2018 season. Back-to-back years missing the playoffs. Their season tickets, like one thing they're big on is they keep it a little bit percentage below the league average. It's a unique franchise because they don't have an owner. Like they do now, they generate a lot because they're one of the more popular brands in the league. Rogers been a huge star. But one part of this article was like they didn't win and they gave Rogers this historic amount of money. It impacts them more than it would like Jed or Jerry or Paul or whoever, just a franchise that's making money in all these other places. And it was like, damn. They were, and then I started thinking, well, this year, to me, I would imagine it shot right back up, right? They went 13-3. and three, They were in the NFC Championship game, even though it was, I wouldn't say controversial year, but it was it was a weird 13-3 year, but they were still winning, and they, were, they won a home playoff game, so they made some money. But they are probably the team that is dependent the most if they're going to give out huge money. And it wasn't just, and one of the things Gudikins was saying is like, yeah, we're going to be more aggressive in free agency. For them to like push the envelope, you have to win there to financially just maintain it because their expenses are really high and they don't have any extra income. 
They don't have a guy that's like, oh, I'll I'll carry this $35 million whatever payment. It is a, you, you could argue it's the most unique franchise of all the three major sports of any just because of the way they are set up as an entity. Yeah. So they, they got no issue. Like, you're going to pay Rodgers? Guy, they, this entire decade, they won every fucking year. And most years, they're winning playoff games. Lambeau hosting playoff. They, they were making good money. But then you get to a position like, they can't really afford to have, and this gets to Gudikins and LaFleur. Like, if this transition goes bad and they miss on this player, it could get really ugly for the franchise for a couple of years. Like, there's going to be a lot of pressure. And this is why, looking back, again, economically, it was a lot different. But it's still all relative. It kind of meant, like, the heat Ted was getting, like Rodgers, Favre, huge star, different perceived, but still massive star. It was like, you better fucking be right. Because still, even when Favre was diminishing, he was still a needle mover for him, right? People went to see Favre. I think Rodgers is still that. If this love guy is a failure for him, it would be pretty devastating to those guys' careers. Yeah, but I mean, as it turned out, not the wrong move, though. I, I understand the logic. I'm saying the player now, but it's it, going to be as incumbent it, on them the, for that guy to be as solid. As it turned out with Favre, they could have kept Favre for three more years if Aaron Rodgers had turned out not to be the quarterback of the future for them, right? Like, this feels like it, it's like this. If we get three years from now and Aaron Rodgers just, let's just say Aaron Rodgers wants to play till he's 42. If three years from now, two years from now, Jordan Love doesn't look like he's going to be the guy. And they're winning. And they're winning. Like, are they winning despite the head coach? Because Aaron's just balling? And does Aaron have more power to get them a different coach? Like, I, you know, it's just the dynamic. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Well, I don't think so either. But what are they going to do? Because if, if Aaron he, you're saying it, if he has like a Brady next 37 to 42 yeah. year run, does he does he want to go play somewhere else just because he hates playing for those guys? I think he would want out. I think so he would want out. That's that to me is where it could get really bad for them, right? But I, I would say the one thing for him, and he clearly knows this, while it's a quote unquote tiny little market team, it is the one team where it's like you're the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I don't know right? if he would want out. I just know if he's is he gonna just how I just don't know how you maintain if it's this he, level he, of animosity and they're still winning. How many teams, if Rodgers would have become Rodgers, exactly like he did, won the exact amount, MVPs, the Super Bowl, would you say less than five him become the equivalent star that he's become? Like, as part of his stardom, the Packers? Yeah, I mean, yes. Part of his stardom is that he, before he played a snap, really, he was just a major NFL story because of the Favre stuff. You know, like if he had been... Like, did it, I don't know, did it help Steve Young's Q rating that he was always in a battle with Joe Montana? No, as it I, I, out, I, think also, that, I think that adds some juice to but, you. But it wasn't, it was the San Francisco 49ers were the team That's in the That's what 80s. I'm saying. So I, I'm giving you some. I, you but know, I'm they, saying, like, like, what if that had happened? Who's a guy like Houston, that it, Houston Texans. The chart, like, would. Phillip Rivers could yeah. be a lot bigger, right, if he hadn't been the Chargers quarterback. To, to me, Rodgers isn't anywhere near the star he is if he's the Chargers quarterback or the Rams quarterback or the Texans or the Cardinals. Like, there is a – the Packers are just – for the last 30-plus years, they have been one of the premium brands in the league. Yeah, well, I mean, just and turn on because your Because of the quarterback. T- turn on your uh, Fox your Fox game of the week and turn on 
your CBS game of the week. Yeah. Now, Troy won, but, I mean, the Cowboys quarterbacks. Cowboys helps. If Troy delivered Buffalo its first Super Bowl, would he be the uh, number one? I, I think if this year he has another regression year, and I, I heard Cosell say this, I got tweeted on my timeline, and he's right. Rodgers is not a timing and rhythm quarterback, and he never really has been. But in his heyday, he was so good off-platform, off-script, because his physical talent was elite that he could make up for everything. He's never been... Like, part of Brady and Breeze still going strong, they are the most fundamentally sound individuals. I think you notice that in the Jordan documentary. They're always like, God, his fundamentals were like his feet, his fucking dribbling, just his... His stances, like, it was just like, God, this guy's putting on a clinic. Rodgers is not a clinic, right? <laughs> like, Tony Gwynn was no, a but, clinic. But he, he's what, when every, when every kid says, I'm, a, I'm just a gunslinger, man. Like, that's but, 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 what they but want. But, guy, my, my point is, as you age, if you're not super fundamentally sound, it can go fast, right? Because he's not, like, feet perfect in the pocket, throwing this if, out. It, like, yeah, if you, if you lose your arm strength. But I, you he's he's already started to lose it, I think, I the last Well, that's what everyone says. That's same. what everybody who's watching the tape and not just looking at the stats says, right? And I'm sure that's what Matt LaFleur's saying. Remember, Linscombe was striking out a lot of guys when he was throwing 98. Once he started throwing like 92, fucking balls were getting smashed into the over Yeah, the but the numbers reflected that. Like, Rodgers is going... Well, this this is where I think what's unique help, about right? Rogers football... Rodgers saying, help me. I don't, want you, I don't want LaFleur's help. I want an elite receiver's help. I know. Well, I think they think you're not good enough. Even if we get you that guy now, we need to run it and run it and run it. Yeah. And and look at Kyle. Like we go, well, Devontae's better than anyone the Niners have. So if we can Valdez Scantling or one of these other cats can just become a solid role player, we'll just, we'll lead the league in rushing. It won't be on you. And when you are throwing Aaron, guys will be wide open. And that's where I think Aaron would, would at least will be interesting is like does that take some of the shine away and i'd say aaron if you win like last year no one we're nitpicking you but when the dust settles like you just let another team in the nfc championship like you get credit for that uh this is where maybe part of the oddness of the packers hurts them that there's no central figure who's been with aaron the whole time who aaron respects and who has aaron's there's no robert Kraft or jerry jones in the situation but there's not one of those guys for most teams but yeah, there's not there's not that guy like that hurts. Like uh, maybe one day we'll find out all the stuff Robert Kraft did behind the scenes over the years with Bill and Tom to make it run as long as it ran, right? Yeah. We're like Bill ultimately had a boss, and Tom ultimately knew Robert loved him, and so they did have somebody that could be the intermediary. Who does Aaron? Now maybe it's Aaron's making that it's like this that he's on an island, but. I don't. How does this situation get solved without him on another team? That's that's the weird part. And if it's starting now, well, guy, actually, it didn't Tom, start now. It started a year ago. Yeah, to me, after Tom Brady ends up on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I I, I will be <clears throat> absolutely floored if Aaron Rodgers' career doesn't end on another team. I'm uh, unless you, but I'm me, beginning the only curveball is does he does he retire? That would be the only thing. But I'm just beginning to wonder, John, if it's going to happen sooner than even everyone. It's easy to look well, at the I contract; no, it's two years away at least. It's like, is it? But it does comp like his contract I know. is no, pretty crazy. But it, it, so is this going to be just this shitty situation for two years? Like just weird. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but 
they are clearly one of the most fascinating stories in the league right now. Like this is going into training camp. There's going to be a lot of like, you know, NFL Network does their little daily training camp stuff, like live from Packer practice. Getting a little weird out here, Jim. Uh, a- Andrew, let me tell you, Rogers just gave Love a weird look. Rogers just did not give him a high five. Like this, this is part of. I, I, I like the Montana Young thing is is the craziest fucking thing that's probably ever happened in the league. It's not even possible for it to happen now. You watch the Jordan documentary, like it's not even possible to happen now. This is kind of happening like it used to happen, and it's going to get really, really weird because of how tightly everything's covered, how famous and polarizing Rodgers is to just begin with. It's just, it interests everybody. Like, damn, did you see that visual of like, Rogers throwing water on love, like trying to be nice, but it looks like an act. Like everything is just going to be over amplified of our takes just because I do think it's got a chance to be like, you're going to have a take because it's going to look really weird. Yeah. God, there were a couple of motions. Remember last year we're coming off the sideline after like touchdowns. And I was like, God, what is they're winning? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just right. Wasn't there a lip reading with uh, LaFleur about like, what is he doing or something like that? Do you think it hurts LaFleur that he's just really unaccomplished? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, he's never really been a coordinator. He was the coordinator the one year, but the, the Titans offense was bad. Then even this year, I think Rodgers would be like, we weren't even very good on Absolutely, offense. it hurts him. Absolutely. And LaFleur's like, I'm the head coach. 13 wins. It's like, well, yeah, we won because of fucking defense and some runs. He's like, well, I'm scheming the run. It's like, yeah. John, here is uh, I just uh, on YouTube. I just put up the quarterbacks. I'll read people some of this list. I just went through the uh, Jameis Winston signed his contract with New Orleans officially, um, and as he said, there's a proverb: humility comes before honor. So I have to humble myself. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity to be with Drew Brees. So he signs a one point one million dollar contract. Uh, AJ McCarron, for reference, makes four million dollars this year. Deshaun Kaiser makes more than Jameis. Blaine Gabbert makes more than Jameis. Ryan, actually, there are two Bucks. All three Bucks quarterbacks make more than Jameis. Ryan Griffin, Blaine Gabbert, uh, Matt Barkley makes one point eight. Chad Henney wasn't Chad Henney a scout last year at this time? Yeah, scouted and then uh, pulled out of retirement. <laughs> Nate Sudfeld, Matt Schaub. Can uh, I read you what what Jameis said today to the Saints media? He said about the LASIK surgery, he can now read license plates and street signs that he couldn't read as well before. Oh. Helps with blurriness, depth perception, and clearer vision. Now, he did throw, you know, is the vision the reason he's throwing picks? He threw picks in college. He's a reckless thrower to the football sometimes. But you can't convince me that this is not a potential diamond for Sean Payton. Because for him to sign this deal, now you can argue, I saw some people see, saying on like Twitter, this is it's clear what the league thought of him. I think if you ask most GMs, they go, yeah, Jameis is better than all those guys. But I don't have the money to sign him as my backup. Just a lot of teams. Kind of just a point in time in NFL history where most teams have quarterbacks, right? Yeah, you can't sign him if you're the Jags because you're giving Minshew a shot. Minshew might not be good enough to beat out Jameis. You can't sign him if you're the Giants. You can't sign him if you're the Chargers. You can't sign I mean, there's the Rams. The Niners ain't going to sign him. Seattle ain't going to sign him. The Eagles ain't going to sign him. Like, he just – he doesn't really have many homes. So, this – I give him credit for, 
you could have just kept holding out, right? Would wait for somebody to get hurt. Would Cam Newton have signed this deal? Uh, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, but it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, I, I would. I would lean no. But it's also unique, right? How many? Th- this is. There's not another deal to sign like this, right? Where you go. I am one point one million dollars is worth more to me when Sean Payton is the one giving it to me. Yeah, and this is like, you know, why well, this is basically Sean, I've I, been hired by a guy who tells me he's retiring in a year, and I'm he's training me to take his job. Well, you know when uh, Roseman used the word "we want to be a quarterback factory" of justifying Jalen Hurts, I think Sean Payton goes. We are a quarterback factory. Did you see what I just did for Teddy Bridgewater? One, I, I resurrected his career. We paid him a lot to be the backup once he proved he was the backup. He then won with us and asked Google what Teddy Bridgewater just got paid for the the uh, Carolina Panthers. Hey, and he'd go, J- $60 million. What did Teddy Bridgewater just chip paid? See if she can figure it out. No. It says, what is Teddy Bridgewater chippy? Yeah, so if Jameis is a much more talented player than Teddy Bridgewater, how does he not end up twofold? Either looking, if, if this goes well, I'm going glass half full here. If this goes well, he's going to, you know, maybe play in preseason games. But I would say at any moment when you're the backup quarterback for a 40 year old quarterback, I know it was a freak deal, but Drew Brees can get hurt. And you're playing, and then you're looking good. But there would be pressure then on Jameis. Like, if Jameis did come in like Teddy and was shitty, it would go the other way. Like, it is, it's a risk, you know? But you'd argue at this point in time, whatever he's doing is pretty risky. Like, yeah, he's, he's trending the wrong way, right. so you might as well take, you know, you know, tie yourself to someone who you think can trend you back the right way. Do something. It is not, it is atypical for somebody who just threw 30 touchdowns and let 30 plus touchdowns. No, 30, right? 30 and 33 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 33 touchdowns, 30 picks. So better than a one-to-one ratio. You know, no one talks about that. I know. Uh, yes, it is atypical for the guy that just lead the league, just led the league in passing yards. This is very baseball. Like when uh, – who is the um, – when like Mike Moustakis hit a bunch of home runs and then had to sign for like a million and a half or whatever he signed, $3 million with the Brewers – it's yeah, but what would be the, the what guy. would be the equivalent though? Picks as a quarterback are probably the worst thing you can do. So whatever you can do as a hitter would be the worst thing as you can do. That's what he's doing. Yeah, not hit home runs, but he yeah. also hits home runs. That's the crazy part. But what I was going to say is, it's atypical for the guy that just had five thousand yards and led the league in passing to sign for a million bucks. Well, so if you're in an atypical situation, then embrace the fact that you're in an atypical situation. Don't do what everyone else does, which is go try and beat out some guy because some team has a shitty quarterback situation and they're bad. Do this. I, you know, I give him credit, man, and, I, and I'm with you. I, it's, I'm excited for it because I, if any, cause it's Sean like I wanted him in New England or I wanted him in New Orleans or like this is what I wanted for Jameis because Jameis being a starter is fun. I'm, I'm with you. And I think when you look at Jameis's career, he went from being a lot of people had issues with him from the character stuff, and rightfully so. I mean, he screamed, what, slapper in the pussy or something in the in the quad? He got suspended uh, for doing, maybe for that, and then he came out early. And then by the time early in his career, it was assaulting an Uber driver. 
it was like Jameis was doing the dumbest things you could possibly do. And then he got to the point where we don't we don't, cra- we don't count the crabs though. That was a unique. They were just giving him crabs. Yeah, he got the crab legs. But that was it, well, it was funny. And there was remember the famous video of like when Jameis went to Harbaugh to do some like rehab, and Harbaugh was like the crab, the cra- cra- crab, legs? crab, and crab Jed, legs? Jed crab Fish legs? was there, and he's like, yeah. crab legs. <laughs> looking at Jed Fish, Jed Fish is like, yeah. Crap. And now it feels like you know what Jameis kind of got his life together. Feels and and people are singing his praises like you know he works really hard. No one has any questions. You know he's lazy. None of these words come up. It's just yeah, you can't really win with him, right? It's like he just he is the detriment to your winning just because he's gonna throw his picks last year. And I'm a Jameis on the field defender in the sense of I, I'm still interested with his talent. It did jump the shark last year. Like, it was a running joke. You just watched his games, just pick six, pick six, pick six. End games with pick sixes. Just another pick, another pick. It was crazy. We might not see that for a while. Because wouldn't you say, for the most part, the guys making huge money would never, like Rodgers, even if it fell off a cliff, ain't throwing 30 picks. And then a guy who's not making that type of money would just get benched. Like, I, I just don't know if we're seeing 30 picks for a while, guy. I'm pretty excited about the possibility of watching Sean Payton go from, like, the greatest pupil ever or, like, on the list of, like, yeah, just tell Drew what to do. No problem. Yeah. He just does it. To, like, all the Michael Thomas shots. Like, what is going on? Remember who was it? Was it Marquise Lee? What? I don't think Jarks was there yet. Oh, it was Allen Robinson when he was on the Jaguars. There was the training camp footage of Bortles trying to throw like go routes to Robinson and it would hit like the media member and he would be like, what are we doing? And it was like, this is the type well, stuff. Well, yeah, it wasn't his quote. It was like, keep that shit in bounds, bro, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It, these are the things like back to Rodgers with Jameis. It's just the, these stories just kind of go viral because people we just care more about the quarterbacks. Uh. I, I know we said this would be a rapid-fire pod. It's obviously not. I did have somebody tell me there was some news that baseball wants to come back by July 4th. Somebody, I forgot to tell you this. Somebody told me a couple weeks ago, like, God, they would love to come back on July 4th. Maybe mid-June, 80-game season, uh, which I'm I'm all for that. I, I think it, it, it would be – baseball would be a little – it'd be, they'd, be, uh, they'd be a little disappointed by how much people love 80-game seasons. I think so too. Did you did you read any of the Nightingale article where they talk? They're hoping even by maybe like August to get some games back in the stadiums, as opposed to doing like just the Texas, Arizona, yeah, Florida thing. Like, do you think if you think they're going to play an eighty game season or just? I mean, we all kind of think that it's coming. I I don't know if they're going to play in the bubble. I think they would just play in home ballparks. Yeah, I think maybe they would start in the bubble, and then just go to home ballparks empty at some point. Yeah. Did you see Rovell threw up? I guess the Japanese league has been doing this. Cardboard signs of humans and just put them in the, put them in like the lower bowl. I actually don't think it looked that bad. I think Pipe in some crowd funny. noise? Yeah, just be one of those things that... You know what? It's, it's hit me a little bit, guy, over watching, ending up on some uh, just old games and just... You, you just reading stories of how guys... Leaks have been stopped before for lockouts and world wars and 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 I'm I'm guilty as charged of this. Like this is the craziest fucking thing ever. It's just like you know crazy things. And we've talked about this before. Like I ended up on Golf Channel the other night, or last night, 
and it was John Vandervelde. He has like a three-shot lead going into 18. He ends up in the water. He takes an unplayable. He's taking his shoes off. Somehow makes a putt. Pants like, rolled it, up to his knees. It was insane watching it live. I mean, I think Curtis Strange is like, this is the most, this is the most ludicrous thing I can honestly say I've ever seen in my golf career. I mean, it was wild. And it's just like, yeah, you know, these times are weird. It's going to look weird whenever these teams come back, whether they play in a bubble, whether the NBA teams play in, you know, practice facility, however they do it. But, you know, we'll look back in 20 years and think things are crazier and we'll go, God, that was crazy. Like, it's just, it just is what it is, you know, at this point in time. And I see the first reaction, definitely on social media a lot, is always like, this is a terrible idea. Well, are there just no good ideas? Should they just wave the white flag to everything? Should we just all wave the white flag and just say, fuck it? So I, I give him credit for just thinking, trying to do some things. Yeah, I mean, it, if they can do it the way, you know, I, no, I agree with all of that. Um, I'm always annoyed by how everything is the worst, the greatest, the first time I can ever this I've ever seen. Nothing like this has ever happened before. It's like, yeah, all maybe this specific thing hasn't happened before, but yeah, all this shit has happened. But I, but I also I also think time. you realize too, watching some of these old games puts in perspective why sports are so big just because the craziest shit beside like in our world like with wars or pandemics or politicians or whatever like television shows and movies like that is scripted like this shit i I ended up did you watch any of the yankees red sox game 7 2003 it was on espn last night i mean i watched it then i did too well that that was the game that aaron boone hits the walk-off home run in the 11th yeah well when i flip on the game it's in the fifth inning. The Red Sox are up 4 nothing with Pedro on the mound. I'm thinking, they've gone this whole way without fucking, with Babe Ruth. They've never won. If I was a Red Sox fan sitting on my couch, I'd be like, oh, oh we're going to go to the World Series. And then you realize that. And then like, Grady Little leaves away. them in too long. And then I go back, and then they're tied, and they're in the 10th, and then the 11th, and Aaron Boone comes up, first pitch, bomb. And you just, like, crazy. That's the great part about sports is crazy shit happens. You just got to. You, if you just play the games, like good fun shit will happen, you know. And it's yeah, all, or it's terrible always, stuff. But it's or it's, terrible stuff. But it'll be interesting, and people will have opinion. But you need the games. Like without the games, it's like we can talk. Luckily, the draft, like this crazy stuff, and this and free agency and movement. But the games is like is what makes the needle move. And yeah, that's why well, these but it's also and, and the it's, money. It's the humans that play the games that make the needle move. Right. It's it's a whole other conversation, but. That leads into the argument about um, taking human elements out of the games. And I'm not even talking, that's not an umpire thing at all. That's not an officiating thing. That's, that phrase is usually said with officiating. But um, the mistakes that get made in coaching, the mistakes that get made in the player evaluation, the mistakes that get made during games also lead to the successes for the other side and the unexpected things, right? So when every team in free agency has the same analytics on a player, that's better for that team. I don't know if that's better for a sport, right? It's better for teams when nobody misses on $100 million contracts. I don't know if it's better for the sport, though, when everybody's thinking the exact same way. Um, but that doesn't matter. That's not a live sporting issue. But when every manager is managing by the analytical book, instead of guys going by their gut and doing insane stuff, like crazy stupid stuff just because this is what I think, I think the sports are better with that, with people making mistakes. Because you it think leads it, to the unexpected. Let's say baseball has an 80-game season. The thing Nightingale wrote was like they do three 10-team divisions mm-hmm. to just try to rotate. I mean, you just got to think outside the box. 
in basketball, let's just say hypothetically, they don't play the regular season, they just start playing the playoffs. Is it asterisk? Aster- I can't never say that. Asterisk. On those champions and like the playoffs, I don't think do so. We, I mean, we didn't pull. You one just on kind the of Spurs. forget as time goes on. Yeah, I don't think yeah. so. We didn't pull it on the Spurs when they won the lockout season. The NBA season got played by and large, um, so I don't think so. I mean, no, no, eight because eighty is still a healthy number. Eighty's half a year, but it's eighty games now. If you're playing sixty games, and even eighty is kind of tight because now we're well, talking the, the about a, the A's usually start slow and they heat up. Yeah. They, they like the second eighty. You know? But, um, no, I don't think there's an asterisk on it. I do think, much like the NFL, I think the NFL draft's a good example. Like, something will happen over the course of a ba- an 80-game baseball season or something will happen over uh, abbreviated NBA playoffs, whatever, that we go, oh, my God, that that was – we got to find a way to work that in. Well, is there is there a chance – if I told you baseball plays 80 games, what would you guess, like, their worst record is? Like, is there, like, a 12 a win? And- oh, yeah. Because there's probably not like a seventy not a team, 12, right? No, but I would think a the, twenty and sixty type team. Yeah, the worst team is going to win twenty two games. Would you? We it's going to be harder to win a lot, right? Just because there is a randomness to the sport. Like you could go sixty and twenty is probably as good as you can do. Are That's we, are we playing like more double headers or team? Is there somebody no, with a bad I, I bullpen? Think, it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't want double headers. I don't think that's good, but. I don't well, like, would, wear these guys would, out. Would, would, would basketball be better if they did everything was a five-game series no. and there was just urgency to it? <laughs> It'd be, I mean, but, but that would be one where is there some weird upset? Well, that's what I'm saying. There used to be. Do you remember uh, yeah. the Kembe Mutombo? Yeah, but that was the, the that was on the ground on his laying on his back at the free throw line, but those were the exceptions still, right? I, sometimes like was Dikembe any good, or was he just kind of like a defensive guy that blocked some balls when people liked him, and he was had a cool name. I think he was good. I think he was good too. Uh, anything else? That's about all I got today. We said rapid. I we could talk about golf carts. Would you, you golf, if, if I told you golf golf courses are open for the next year? This is not what's going to happen. But just how much does a golf cart mean to you? It means a lot to me because I walked a golf course the other day. Because it's a Presidio's public, it's just open. It's a park, right? People just walking. I just walked the course, and yeah. by fourteen or fifteen, I was kind of tired. Now it's kind of hilly, but I wasn't golfing. And I just remember thinking, because there have been times in middle golf where I've thought, you know, next to my play, I'm just gonna walk it. You know, I feel good when I walk a course. But you realize you're carrying a bag, you're hitting. It's four hours. It's not for me, man. It's hard. I need to like me, a caddy just, or a really light bag, flat. Yeah, it course. just it just it just has to depend where I'm playing. I mean, if I got the opportunity to play a nice course, I have no problem walking. Am I going to go out of my way to play like a shitty public course and walk? Probably not. And if you haven't been playing a lot of golf, it's it's walking becomes difficult because you're fucking spraying the ball over the place. You're going to lose balls. You do a lot of like, yeah, fuck it. I'm not going into the trees for that bad boy. It just becomes kind of a pain. Now, if you're playing a lot and in a groove I, I and you're in decent shape, it's not that bad. But I think if you're just most people right now, besides like the pros and like Curry – there's a track man in his house. Haven't touched a club in a while. So you're just like going to go out, just, you know, no practice really, and then just try to walk 18 holes. It, it could be a challenge. Yeah. And there are going to be courses in certain, like in the Bay Area, is a hilly place. Like, yeah. like you They got to like, spread out these be, tee times or tell people like, you lose your ball, you lost your ball. Just drop. Yeah. it's It, it could get edgy out there, but it could also be a community event. People are just so happy to like see other humans. That's true. 
That's why I do like going on a walk. You're like, God, other humans alive. And you know, you get a lot of like, I always feel good on a walk when you just get a lot of, hey, how you doing? Even like a guy with a mask gives you a little head nod. You're like, oh, my community, you know? There's also some I of this. Under- I, I've had a few of these on a walk. Like, oh, I've had a, I, Walking around. A, you get a bunch of like, guy, you know. Do you I, find I, that I you judge have- other people? Like there are people I'll just walk by and there are some people I'm like, ah, that person doesn't look like they wash their hands and I do a big, I'll go into the street. I'll judge. I'll judge on a walk. Yeah. Can I trust this person not to cough on me as I walk by? Well, you're not. You wearing a mask on a walk? No. How do people wear masks on a walk? How do you breathe? Sometimes I went to the store the other day. I was like, I, I looked to see if no one was around. And I took a normal breath. I was like, God damn! How do you do this? Well, and I'm just going, uh, you know, like bandana style cowboys. How did the cowboys back in like the summer? With all those clothes and the bandana, think how hot it must have been. I know, but you keep in the dust. I guess the dust is just so overwhelming. That's true. I the first you, time of like a you weekend. Go, I, do you do you wear a mask or bandana? I have a mask that I wear like in a store. The first time I went into a store where mask where I started wearing masks, I had glasses on and immediately total fog. I could barely see. I was like Jameis walking around the store. My vision yeah. was subpar at best because I was fogged up the whole time. It's like skiing when you wear the goggles. And you wear a mask, you know, all the, the, the fog goes up there and you, you can't see anything. Yeah, you're just trying to get some chicken. You don't know where it is. You might grab, uh, grab legs. you know, the pork. <laughs> yeah, grab legs. All right. On that note, uh, if you're listening, go to the YouTube channel. If you're watching, subscribe to the podcast. Stay safe. And we'll have more videos coming. Yep. Adios. Peace. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.